Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Our guest today, Brenda Bentz, knows top talent. Ranked by both Thinkers 50 and Global Gurus as one of the world's top executive coaches, Brenda is passionate about two things, branding and leadership, and how the two work together. As a member of the Billion Dollar Coaches Club, she has coached dozens of C-suite executives from many of the world's largest corporations. With an MBA from Harvard Business School, Brenda made a name for herself when building mega brands for Fortune 100 companies like Procter & Gamble and Bristol-Myers Squibb, where she was a senior executive responsible for billion-dollar businesses across four continents and 50 countries. Brenda, welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Well, thank you, Jane, and I love the topic, right? Leadership reimagined. It's never been a better time for that. Oh, I I agree. And I even hear people now saying, Oh, I'm reimagining leadership. And I and I can just say, if you are, you might want to watch my podcast. <laughs> you know? Tune in, tune in. Yes. 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 And I love what you say about leadership is an inside job. You know, we, we oftentimes look at leadership from the things that a leader has to do. And that's only a part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Look, leadership is a combination of doing and being, but which comes first? <laughs> it's the being part, right? You've got to focus on how you're being. And that's what I call the inside job of leadership. You know, typically we look at leaders on the outside, like you said, how they act, how they react, how they look, how they sound, what they say, how they say it. But the truth is it all begins with what they think, the beliefs that they have about themselves, about leading others, the, the, the foundational thoughts, the sometimes self-limiting beliefs that they have about themselves that they don't even realize they have. So really uncovering that, it's like peeling back the layers of the onion to figure out what's going on on the inside that's actually impacting how they're acting on the outside. And that really is where it all starts because you cannot change the outside sustainably unless you've got a really solid inside that you can change and make sure that it's consistent. Right. That's so powerful. You can't change the outside consistently. How many of us have tried, okay, I'm going to make a to-do list of the things I'm going to do every morning. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to do all of these things without looking at why. Well, and it goes back to, I don't know how your New Year's resolutions come along by about <laughs> February, right? Yeah. We're determined we're going to make changes in our behavior, but we're looking on the outside. Mm -hmm. You won't make those sustainable changes until you change the inside. That's so powerful because statement that I hear from leaders is, well, this is just the way I am. <laughs> Yes. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing. I, when someone says that to me, I look them in the eye and say, um, you weren't born that way. 
someone says, oh, I'm aggressive and I'm trying to I'll beat down the bat and hatches and that's how I operate. And, this, and I'll say, well, you know, I'll take them backwards. And I'll say, tell me about how you were when you were a little, little boy, little girl. What, what, what was it like? Those, oh, I was this way, that way. I was curious. I was excited. I said, how is that today? Oh, no, no, no. I'm different today. Well, those are learned behaviors. Mm-hmm. You just learn them. You know, I remember I had one leader who came to me. It was fascinating. He was a head of a 75,000 person organization, huge organization, global organization. And he was getting complaints from his uh, leadership team because he was being very tough and he had super high standards and just, just really, really challenging at times. And so I, I worked with him and we did a little assessment and the assessment goes into his subconscious, like who he is really and who he has learned to be. And when he looked at that, and I honestly was a bit surprised at the results that he did because it didn't look right. I was thinking that doesn't feel right, but I, I'm always an explorer. So I said, tell me more about this. And he just looked and he said, that's actually who I really am. I learned to be a leader from other leaders who were very difficult he said, I just assume that's the way you should lead. And he said, I suddenly realized I'm not being myself in the workplace after all these years. And he was able to really shift back into a, 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 the persona of who he really, really is on the inside. And it was beautiful to see, but we can all do that. We learn these leadership habits. We learn these leadership behaviors. And we don't even know if they're good or bad or right or wrong. We just follow them often. And then if we're successful, We think that that's what got us to be successful. So oftentimes then we're resistant and reluctant and afraid to look at, could I change those behaviors? I'm just asserting, and you, because you can confirm this, that leader, once he became who he really was authentically, was probably a much more impactful and powerful leader, right? Much more impactful and happier Yes. He went happy. He would get up in the morning, couldn't wait to get to the office. And he was having fun. He said, I feel like I'm a kid again. I can be who I didn't realize that I could be who I really am and still be a good leader. Because you see, in his mind, he had a belief that a a good leader was this way. And we have these beliefs. But you know what you're alluding to? I love that, Jane, is what got you here isn't the same thing that's going to get you where you want to be. And we reach a point in our careers where what we used to do was working. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was working. We, we could get the tasks done and we could get focused on. We didn't have to worry about relationships. We could just push, push, push and make things happen. And maybe that works for a little while in your career. But there's a point in your career where it doesn't work anymore because you've got so many people that you have to lead and people don't want to work for that type of leader anymore. That's, I'm not sure they ever did. Right. The truth is that kind of leadership does not appeal to young generations today at all. Young generations are voting with their, with their feet. I'm walking. Previous generations did not, for whatever reason, did not vote with their feet. And in organizations, that's the most powerful way for employees to vote. Well, and if you look at the great resignation wave, what does that tell you? People are tired of the old way of doing things. And I also think that the great resignation wave is a reflection of the great disconnection. I think we've just disconnected. uh, Employees have just disconnected with companies and their leaders. They're not connected anymore. And whether it was physically or mentally, uh, they're not connected as much. And so that's what's causing, I think, a lot of that, that sense of, yeah, there's got to be better, greener pastures somewhere else, somewhere where I can connect. Yes. That's what, as humans, that's what we're looking for. Absolutely. And you take that 
connection, being connected out of the picture, then why do people want to go to work? Why am I doing That's, I think, the key question that a lot of people are asking themselves. What am I doing here? Like, why am I working here? Is this really speaking to my soul, my purpose? What role do I really play in this big cog, uh, this wheel? What role do I play? And I think those kind of existential questions are what's coming up right now. And people are saying, I'm going to go someplace where I can try to express that better. Yes. And what are we seeing is we're seeing companies grow where their employees are engaged. And engagement, you know, there's this belief, of course, the hybrid world, the remote world. There's, it's an interesting thing because that engagement, a lot of leaders are struggling with mm-hmm. this engagement, this virtual engagement. But I always encourage them, we must get past what I call the virtual mental barrier. We have to remember the objective is to build a trusting, powerful, productive relationship. How we do that is don't get fixated on that, whether it's by phone, whether it's in person, whether it's video, whether it's whatever. Don't focus on the how, focus on the what. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're trying to build powerful relationships and you've got to get past the belief that this video isn't good enough. It's, it's second best to pe- in person. I hear this all the time. It's second best to in person. And when you can shift that mindset around and say, actually, actually, this it's good. <laughs> virtual is good. And I'll have people list out all the reasons why virtual is great. By the time we're done, we got a list of 12 to 15 reasons why it's fantastic to be virtual in today's world. And once you can shift that, then you get out of the how And back into that what, which is I'm here to build strong, powerful relationships that are going to help our customers and build a team and strengthen leadership. Absolutely. I was on a call a couple months ago with with a group that's been meeting for a while. One of the leaders on the group said, you just can't build good relationships on Zoom. And I said, let's think about that. This group has been meeting regularly on Zoom Some of the people have never even met in person. Would you not say that we have good relationships being built here in this group? They looked at me and they kind of had to take a quick, they did a double take and they were like, oh yeah, because they were just repeating what they have heard. That's exactly right. Because it's an old belief. It's an old learned belief. From the beginning of COVID till today, We've changed our beliefs a lot around video, around around how we operate. We're agile right now. As a human race, we're making change. And what even the beliefs are changing so quickly that even those that are just 24 months ago or 36 months ago are not the beliefs we have today. So we have to constantly relook at that. Again, the inside job of leadership, challenge all of those predispositions that we think we have, those preconceived notions. And it's an exciting time to be in business, to be alive, frankly, to see what's going on right now. We're living history and it's Mm -hmm. pretty fun. It's interesting. The pace of change just keeps getting faster. I love that, what you said about really looking at what our beliefs are. Those beliefs are there. We've had them for a long time and they're usually just running underneath the surface. So when that leader said, oh, you can't build good relationships, that was an undercurrent of a belief that For years, it really was hard to build relationships. It was harder because you couldn't see people. 
And there is something about being able to see somebody and how they interact. And yet you can even build good relationships on the phone. We did that for 150 years yeah. <laughs> before, before Zoom, right? Uh, or before, before video. Right. We've done that for uh, over 100 years. We've built relationships long, long distance. But for some reason, we have this uh, mental, mental block around it. But it's okay. Hey, just to look at it, kind of chuckle, laugh at ourselves and say, actually, that's not true. That's not true at all. Let's do this, right? So it's really just shifting the mindset again. And when you shift the mindset, it'll change the way you feel about it. When you change the way you feel about it, you'll behave differently and the outcomes will be different as a result. Exactly. And looking at those behaviors and really being authentic about what you think. Because the minute you, there's something about saying something out loud, which is one of the real benefits of, leaders having coaches. Some of these things you may not want to blurt out in a staff meeting or something until you've had a little bit of time to process it or until you've gotten practice with saying these things because you're confident in, you know, that the outcome will be positive. So being able to say some of these old beliefs that we have or even new beliefs, well, it has to be done. Every anytime you hear yourself saying, it has to be done this way. We've always done this. We've never done that. There's yeah. some kind of belief under there. Absolutely. The old traditional way, it's always never been done that way. <laughs> but, you know, we absolutely have to. And often as coaches, that's what we do. We'll look them in the eye and say, no, let me just repeat this. And I'll repeat the comment and they'll go, oh, yeah, that's not true, is it? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> We're aligned. So what what are you seeing are some of the biggest, other than the can't build relationships on Zoom, what are you seeing are some of the, the beliefs that leaders are struggling with right now? Well, I think struggling uh, beliefs or, or circumstances, and everything's changing. Uh, I don't, and certainly not in my lifetime, we haven't had this kind of big global leadership upheaval in our lives. I wouldn't call it a crisis. I would certainly call it an upheaval. Pretty much everything's changing, Jane. I mean, pretty much everything's changing. If you just look in the last five years, just life has changed dramatically. The way we shop, the way we eat, what we eat, how we order food, how we work, how we communicate, how, I mean, pretty much everything has had some form of disruption. And when the world outside is in that massive state of disruption, you really have there's no map to follow. You know, we, we, we love certainty, right? We love certainty. We're hardwired for certainty, but there's no map. There's no certainty that we can follow. We don't know where to go. And so what happens is our mindset, our, our thinking process falls into two kind of categories. We either fall into a place of fear, anger, disgust, irritation, uh, anxiety, angst, or we fall into a place of possibility. And I believe what could be, what's possible, what's, what's the potential here. And I really believe the best leaders are really realizing that that fear-based mindset, that fear-based thought system isn't going to work for us anymore. We really have to get into possibility. And what's fascinating about that, Jane, is that when you think of possibility, what do you have to do? You have to let go of not only the past, but the present. Because everything's changing so quickly. And remember, the present is just a reflection of the past. The past got you to the present. So the present represents the past. So if you want to really create the future in a world of possibility and potentiality for you, your team, your company, you actually have to let go of the current, the present, 
And that's, that's a new ballgame for a lot of people. There are leaders doing it. Many leaders through the years have done it, right? You look right. at the Steve Jobs, so you look at even Elon Musk today, you know, he's completely changing things and getting people to think differently. But that's, that's what we have to do as leaders. And that is a, that's different. That feels different to a lot of people. But the ones that are doing, the leaders that are doing that, oof, the change is incredible. And the leaders that are encouraging that thinking in their organizations, that's scary too for a lot of leaders. Is because we've not done it before. Right. We've not done it before. And when you what happens is you have to let go of the reins. It isn't what you're thinking, it's what everyone in the organization's thinking. What are they living? And so one of the things I'm saying today to leaders all around the world is you must listen, 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 listen. It is probably more important now than ever to listen. People want to be heard. Again, remember that great resignation wave was related to the great disconnection. So if people are feeling disconnected, and that's going to cause you operational issues and human resources issues with people leaving, you've got to listen. You've got to enable each individual to let their voice be heard and ask, 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 listen, listen, listen. And when people feel they matter, when their point of view is taken into consideration, I mean, it's just human. That's the way we are as humans, right? They're feeling, they feel better. They feel connected. Mm -hmm. And it also allows them, it empowers them to take charge of their own lives and their own careers and, and have their voice be heard. So it's just, it's really shifting the way we typically think about leadership into a listening leadership perspective. My job is to listen to understand what's happening in the organization. That's right. One of the definitions that I use for leadership, and I I repeat it on, on probably every podcast because I'm so committed to it, is that leadership is the art of empowering a group of individuals to accomplish a vision. Sometimes that group is yourself, all the different facets of yourself. It's really... Once people are empowered, they're engaged, they're enrolled, they know what the vision is, they're, they're, um, they've got the right skills, they've got the right tools, they've got the right mind. People can create amazing things. Amazing. Amazing. And, and when you get everybody into that, everybody sees the vision, everybody knows where we're heading, everybody's aligned. That's when it's excitement. I often um, see an example of this where you have a CEO, a new CEO in particular, or a new senior leader of a team, and they get it, they get excited because they walk in and within the first 30 to 60 days, they've got this vision of where things can be and they see it and taste it and touch it in their own minds. And it's like they get into a boat and they, and they say, come on, everybody, I see the vision, follow me. And so they head off breakneck speed across the ocean, across the water, and they're just driving as fast as they can. And they turn around and look and everybody's still back on the beach, deciding if they want to get in the water, right? I mean, they're kind of putting their toe in the water and deciding if that's worth it or not. And I always, and I always say, that's why we call it leadership. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> You've got to get everybody in the boat because if you don't have everybody in the boat, it's not going to work. That's exactly what you're saying as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you do that, things can turn around as we saw during, during the pandemic. I had one of my guests at early on to in the pandemic was a company that everything they had done, they did trainings and everything was done in person. 
and they had a three-year plan to transition to digital planning. They executed that plan in like 90 days. The critical, they looked at what was critical, got everyone enrolled and executed it. There's research that shows that we made advancements in digital, in digital, two years of advancement in two months, globally, globally. But, but the beauty of that, again, coming back to that fear versus possibility, that's a possibility mindset, isn't it? Yes. When, you, when you look at it and you say, okay, we're going to do this. And look how fast we could do it. And what does that tell us about what the potential is behind ourselves if we're all in that boat? What could we all do if we all had that same vision around climate control, around any of these things that are happening in the world today? How exciting is that? How quickly we can affect change, positive change, if we're really aligned and motivated and inspired to do that. Wouldn't that be amazing? Right? Get people on, as a CEO... Get everybody on your bandwagon. If you're not enrolled in what you're doing, if it's if it's just a job for you, what chance do your employees have? Yeah, well, and people often say to me, a lot of leaders will come to me and say, Brenda, I want to be more inspiring. I want to be more inspiring. How can I be a more inspiring leader? And the first comment I ask them, I'll say, how inspired are you? Right? Inspiration comes from being inspired. You've got to be inspired yourself before you can inspire others. Because inspire inspiration is a feeling, right? You can feel at someone who's mm-hmm. inspired. Mm-hmm. And so really it's about looking deep inside and say, how inspired am I? And when when that's why when you see leaders who are truly inspired, truly inspired, people will follow them like the Pied Piper because it's just attractive. It's I, I want to be a part of that. I want that feeling. And we all crave that. We all want to be inspired. Absolutely. I think that's what we're here to be. I mean, we're here to be inspiring. I think we're here to have fun and inspire and, and do good, you know, and if you just focus on those things and get rid of uh, some of the other stuff that happens. We'd all be better off, wouldn't we? I totally agree. Well, Brenda, we're just about at the end of our time. So if you can believe it, we've had that was such a great <laughs> conversation. So what would you, what's one last thing you would like to share with our listeners today? Well, I guess I would say uh, leaders, to leaders out there, leadership has become very personal. Mm. I think leadership's become very personal. So even though I work with organizations that have tens of hundreds of thousands of employees, we have to remember that each individual matters, especially now more than ever. You know, we've been on social media for 10, 12 years. We have an individual voice. We're used to people hearing us and seeing us as an individual. And so it's about enabling individuals. And this is one of the this is one of the biggest challenges, I think, of our modern leadership world. How do you enable 90,000 employees? How do you enable each one? And because each individual does matter. And that's, I think, with, again, this great resignation wave, when they feel they don't matter, they'll just walk. So how do you take that in, and look at that? So I think, remember, leadership is very, very personal now. That means you may not be able to use cookie cutter approaches to leadership. It's not one style fits all. And you've got to be able to really be agile, adapt, find ways to that work for each individual. Because when you do that, you'll trip that trigger inside of that individual and those individuals become a greater whole. Mm-hmm. So again, leadership's become very personal. Make sure you personalize your leadership. That's, that's powerful. And so when you think about the first 
where we started was leadership is an inside job. So we, we, we start there with who are you as the leader? Who are you being? And then remember to basically share that with your employees, because right. that's when you start to make it personal. And allow them to recognize that it's an inside job for them too, right? Right. It's all an inside job. That's where it all starts, first and foremost. And what that does too is it allows us to get back to the human, the humanness of who we really are, Jane, because you know, all the talk around diversity and exclusion and inclusion and that's all about external, right? That's outside stuff. But on the inside is what really matters. And there's no color, there's no there's no color on the inside. There's no skin color on the inside. There's, there's, there's no, there's just beliefs that we have to learn to understand from each other, which is really powerful in today's global world. And I think which makes it a lot of fun too. Mm. Chance to learn things about other cultures and other peoples and the way we've been raised. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not right. It's not wrong, but it's individual. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That was so powerful. And that is just such a great note to leave everyone on today. Well, thank you, Jane. Really delightful to connect with you. I appreciate you reaching out. Oh, you are so welcome. I am so glad you said yes to joining me today. <laughs> well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. I encourage you to take something that you heard today and apply it in your business. The key to progress is action and sharing. I'd love to hear what you accomplish. Email me at jlovis at lovisconsulting.com and let me know. Speaking of applying it in your business, if you're struggling or looking to expand your leadership skills, let's talk. You can go to lovisconsulting.com. That's L-O-V as in Victor, A-S, consulting.com and schedule a quick call with me. We need powerful, strong, compassionate leaders to solve the challenges we're facing today. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and share with your friends and family. Thank you for supporting us as we cause and expand 1 million women leaders in tech by 2030. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next week.